1: You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports.
2: Good morning, everyone. I'm Mike Wilson, the Alta Belize fan. I'm filling in this morning for Naz and Wally, who, let's put it this way, I guess we'll use the uh, the, the party line here. They're exercising load management. But I think in reality, the real thing is, is that uh, poor old Wally, to fill a little secret, Wally's daughter got married yesterday, and Wally, I think, is still crying, so he wasn't able to attend this morning. But So we're taking the show this morning. We've got uh, lots of great things happening today. We're going to have Lance Hornby joining us in a few minutes to talk about the Maple Leafs and where the state of our hockey club is currently. And at the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk to one of the new exciting teams in Toronto, the Toronto Wolfpack, and one of the founders behind that and one of the driving forces, David Argyle, will join us. So stay tuned to that that should be pretty good, but in the meantime, joining me this morning to walk us through all that is—he's uh, a bit of a legend, I guess, in the city of Toronto. Uh, you know, and I'm thrilled to have him with us here this morning. He is what you would call the bartender to the stars, maybe, or maybe to the parents of the future stars. So let's, without further ado, introduce Donnie Pascoe. Thanks
3: for joining us this morning. Uh, thanks, Michael, for having me here. Uh, it's an honor being with you, the ultimate Leafs fan. Uh, first and foremost. I just want to say I want to thank my girls at work because they're the ones who've allowed me to get down here today. So uh, a shout out to Mika and Shayla, Rav, Karina, um, Janina. Uh, Sandra and Abby, thank okay, you, girls. Okay, did
2: you get the uh, rink
3: rats too? Do you want to no, throw those guys those in guys. there? It's just the the kids in the bar. They're taking care. Okay, you sure? Okay, me. yeah, it's all good.
2: All right, so I mean, for anybody who's, uh, I, I mean, myself, I'm in this too. I mean, I've sat on one of those therapeutic chairs of yours called a bar stool that you've so uh you know admirably run for the last seventeen years. First at Cheswood, now at Scotia Pond Arena. And, you know, you've heard many, many tales over your life. And, I mean, as a hockey parent, I can tell you this really never ends because even today, you know, as an old-timer playing hockey in the beer leagues – my therapeutic sessions take place usually the Duchess and Markham. But my, 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 you know, my man is usually the guy sitting beside me, Bruce Smith. I mean, he's not behind the bar. He's beside me. And usually what I'm doing to him is complaining i get the puck passed to me yeah. or somebody, you know, over, you know, over missing a check or something along those lines when we lose our games. But you, you, you've heard it all. I mean, you've, you've got parents who come in there who want to just have a relax before a game. You want to, you know, they want to vent about their kid not getting enough ice time or bragging about a goal or just generally complain about hockey overall. So, I mean, like, you could actually be referred to as the Fraser Crane of minor hockey.
3: Yeah, I I would definitely agree with you there. Um, the great thing about it is I just love hockey. And hockey isn't a sport, it's a religion in Canada. And um, I love the parents um, because they come in and they have this passion and they have a passion not only for the game but obviously for their child uh, their son or daughter playing and they want them to do well and and you know like to achieve the ultimate you know getting to the nhl or or like getting a a scholarship down the states and you know it's very difficult i mean it's very very difficult but there are, there are cases that happen. So people hold out hope for it. Well, what we, we want to get to is that, like, how about
2: this? So how about sharing some of the – you maybe don't have to give us any names. I mean, you may even have a lot of the NHL guys who train in the off season, you know, at Chesswood or right, at Scotia Pond. And so everybody – I mean, through our work, Deb and I, our work through the, the charities uh, throughout the fundraising uh, world in, in, in Toronto and thereabouts – We've come across many, many NHL players, and, the, and when your name ever comes up – and Donnie, by the way, has volunteered many, many times to help us out a lot of our fundraising over the years, which we're forever thankful. But anytime his name comes up, everybody just speaks glowingly about you. So I'm sure they've shared some interesting stories with you. Maybe you want to share a couple
3: with us here this morning. Yeah, well, the ones that I can say, but, um, <laughs> yeah, but I do a appreciate PG, it's it. It's a PG audience. Yeah. No it's 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 a great point you make about uh the former NHL players are ch- just great guys they really are i mean they put back into the game many of them have gone back into coaching yes. and um there's one one story and it just made me laugh was um and i'm not going to mention his name because That's they say fine. That's but fine. he was uh, sitting with me he was having dinner and he said uh he was having trouble because he was coaching his son. And, and he's saying, you know, Donnie, I don't get it. He goes, I, I'm doing the best I can. And, and he goes, I get a call from one of the moms on the team. And she goes, what do you know about hockey? I mean, this is a guy that played almost 1,000 games in the NHL. And one of the parents saying, you don't know anything about hockey because you're not playing my son enough. <laughs> you just sit there and you just shake your head and go. I mean, it happens all the time. Yeah, no, I, I mean, okay.
2: <laughs> now because you know that. I mean, that's just the world of hockey today. I mean, I, I actually, I think what I'm going to do, I, I do, I think we'd like to dedicate a show to this at some point to talk about minor hockey and, and some of the the, the the pros and cons of uh, growing up in, in the system. But that that's for another day, I think, with Wally. But it, it just amazes me some of the stuff we've talked about in the past about you come across uh, throughout your your travels behind listening to this. Uh, but um, now, let me ask: you this. How many players have ever come back who parents sat speaking to you? Have you had any of the guys come back now and visit you in later years? Kids who've graduated and left the GTHL and come back and had a beer with you instead oh, of Oh, absolutely. Their many of them.
3: Yeah. Um, I have a lot of parents who have uh, who have kids who've moved on and now they're, you know, working, et cetera. And, they just come by the bar just to say hi. And then I've had young, like kids who are like 15, 16. I, I want to make sure everybody knows they're over 19 now. They can have a beer. And they'll just come in and they'll say, Hey, Donnie, you remember me? And I'm going, My God, I remember you when you were like 11 years old. Now they're 25. And so, yeah, I get uh, a number of people coming back just to say hi. I mean, this guy is amazing,
2: folks, because I know when I walked in one time with my daughter, Andrea, and he, and he said, you know, I remember when you used to come and she was this big and, yeah. you know, and Ryan was playing. So, I, you know, it does go back to that. Well, we we could go on about this because there's some wonderful stories and, you know, and we, we've shared many and we'd like to – one day we will share these with a little bit more <laughs> with the audience. but. It's a busy, busy week in sports, and today, you know, in particular, what a day for sports fans. We've got a couple NFL games. The big upset last night with Baltimore losing, of course, uh, opens it up for everybody now to start cheering for Tennessee. Uh, A couple big games today. you got the Raptors at 6 o'clock, of course. Our guys are playing tonight at 7 o'clock. Tomorrow night, you get the national championship game between LSU and Clemson and in college football, of course. But let's talk about what everybody really wants to talk about in this city most of the time, and that would be our Toronto Maple Leafs. What do you think of the state of the club these days, Donnie?
3: Oh, well, they're much better off in the last 20 games under Sheldon Keith, no question about it. And I, I like the direction they're going, I truly do. Do they need something more in the back? The back end, yeah. I mean, we all know that. But it's tough right now with uh, the right up against the cap. Uh, but I do like what I see and what we were saying off there. There's a plan. There really is a plan with this team. And uh, it's evolving. And uh, I, I respect uh, Shanahan and Dubas and uh, Sheldon Keith very much. And I I know they're going to do the. Do the right thing for this team,
2: yeah, I mean I think what, what what you've seen is that there's a there was a plan put in place a couple of years ago, and they're sticking to that plan rightly or wrongly, and they 've chosen skill over braun. And it, and it's ironic that for, for years when the Leafs went the other way, people would always say, well, why don't we have more skilled players like, you know, uh, you know, this player or that player? And then now that the Leafs have those type of players, people are complaining that they need, they need a little more sandpaper, which you can always use. Uh, I think there could be a move made or two before the trade deadline. You know, you always have to be twink, tink, you know, tinkering with this and then twinkering around, I guess, if, if you want to put it. But I do love the fact that the team seems to be in the last 22 games, they've got points in 17 of them which is a good thing but the bad thing and maybe this is maybe this just speaks to the speaks volumes to the parody of the league and I I forever go on and on about that Nash Hockey League is the best league in professional sports in North America bar none as far as parody goes because here the Maple Leafs on this run but don't look now but if they lost to if they lose tonight to Florida Florida's one point behind them for that third playoff spot or the third spot in their division and a couple games and they're out of a playoff spot And you have Tampa now is all of a sudden challenging Boston for first overall after winning again last night for 10 in a row.
3: Very true. Uh, Parody is so great in this league at the moment. And uh, you're just a three or four game losing streak away from being right out of the playoffs. So you have to look at it as it's just take it one day at a time. Never get too high, never get too low. I, I, I know it's so cliche, but it, it's the actual fact of it. You, you, can't, you can't think too far ahead, and you can't think of what you happened a month ago. You've got to look at the president and say, okay, this is what we've got to do. I mean, I think this team is set, uh, they've, and they've really um, weathered some major injuries so far. You yeah. know, people about, like, the Hymans and the Dermots and the Tavares and and Marner and now, you know... Makaev. Um, Makaev and Muzzin. You know, they, but they're still doing it. And this is where, you know, I'm really... They pique my interest because they're doing it in such a manner now, and as you said, with skill. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I know people say, you know, you need brawn. Well... Some of the guys on the team are big boys. They're not tiny, and you know, like you can get a, like Austin Matthews, six four, like he's a big
2: boy. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an easy thing to say. To, to, to you need sandpaper in your lineup, and uh, and I hate that term, by the way, but <laughs> so you I. know, you need sandpaper in your lineup to, to to make yourself effective. But if you get the puck all the time, what's the difference? Yeah. And the thing about this hockey club is they played Buffalo two weeks ago, and they had the puck for five minutes more in the offensive zone than Buffalo at the end of the second period. Five minutes is an eternity in hockey to control a puck. Absolutely. And the way I look at it, the, the the biggest thing, now Babcock's downfall are what they are, and everybody's aware of them and dealt with them, but the issues that he was pressing on time after time are still the things that are affecting his hockey club, ironically. But the one thing is the players seem to be a little more relaxed doing that. So the transition game that you've seen from the defense to forward when the puck is turned over has been seamless. And you can see the way the players are brought up. Even if you watch Sandine in the World Juniors, the way he was transitioning with the Swedish offensive team was just very similar to the way he was playing with the Mardis and when he played with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, this has taken a burden off some of the players, and it's opened up the ice for the likes of Matthews. Tavares has, uh, has been playing well, but the puck just isn't going in a net form. And for Marnaby, you can see that one of the biggest benefactors of this is always Matthews, because he is obviously a go-to guy. I think Nylander has done exceedingly and well. And Nylander played well. tremendously I mean, well. I mean, yeah. he's, he's uh, been fighting the puck a little bit the last couple of games, but he'll get back on track. And Absolutely. he's playing like the Nylander of, of what the Leafs actually were looking at when they signed him.
3: Well, you know, that uh, contract from last year doesn't look too bad right now, does it? <laughs> (laughs) It doesn't. And what we're going to
2: do is we're going to actually take a short break and we're going to be back in a minute here with our friend, Mr. Lance Hornby from Postmedia. We're going to get his thoughts on the state (laughs) of the hockey cup. Stay with us.
4: It was
5: a rainy day when Pizzaville decided to stone bake our pizzas the traditional way. That was over 50 years ago. Since then, the big pizza conglomerate started cooking their pizzas on conveyor belts, like you see at the airport. Now you can choose. Authentic Italian stone-baked pizza or pizza you could mistake for luggage.
1: Pizzaville stone-baked pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian.
0: Are you real ready? If you're a real estate agent, we can help you sell more homes. A business owner? We'll help show it off to the community at large. And if you're a homeowner, we'll supply accurate floor plans for every room in your home. Because selling property is all in the details. Real Tours Media. Creators of 3D virtual tours, walkthrough video, HDR photography, logos and brands. Check out the one-stop shop for successful real estate agents. Realtoursmedia.ca
1: With a little training, anyone can learn the security business while on duty at your home or company. It's unfortunate, but a lot of security companies are just not experienced enough to handle the complex dynamics of tactical security. And that little bit of training and experience can end up costing you a lot more than you bargained for. Peace of mind, trust, and honor is the foundation on which the Regal Security reputation is built. They're driven, they're respected, and they're unrivaled. They're everyday superheroes. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn.
5: To become a champion in business, it takes coaching, training, and bench strength. And every team needs a skilled player like KPMG Enterprise for private companies. KPMG Enterprise helps entrepreneurs and family businesses grow, strengthen, and transition by offering a full suite of services, including audit, accounting, tax, and advisory. Your business doesn't stand still. It evolves. Team up with a winner. Visit kpmg.ca slash enterprise. Let's do this.
6: There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigobon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigobon Carly, the
4: intelligent choice. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the
1: captain's choice. From face-offs to playoffs, field goals to own goals, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio.
2: And we're back. Uh, it's Mike Wilson, the Altam Leaf fan. Joining me this morning in studio is Don Pasco, right from live from Liberty Village, and we're coming to you with uh, lots and lots and lots to talk about today. And uh, next up on the line... Is uh, a friend of the show, is a good friend of mine. Uh, he's uh, going to be helping me with uh, our, my current edition, the second book we're going to be doing together uh, about my travels on the road last year, Falling the Maple Leafs. Um, of course, referring to Mr. Lance Hornby from the Toronto Sun Post Media. Morning, Lance. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? Hey, doing Lance. great. Now, listen, I would be remiss if I didn't address or, or highlight a milestone reached this week by our Mr. Hornby. And you're maybe not aware of this, Donnie. Now, in the Winthrow Ball Hockey League, there was a, a moment this week when Lance scored a goal, and that was his goal. He scored now a goal in seven decades. This is Gordy Howe's status. Oh my God! <laughs> oh, and let me thanks. tell you, like Lance, did they halt the game to present you with the puck at the ball?
7: <laughs> no, actually, they were quite annoyed that I would uh, <laughs> that I would fish into the net to pull the ball out because in this particular. Uh, game we play it's continuous there's not a face-off so they were pretty angry when i did it and i should stress first of all that i i haven't scored one goal in you know seven different decades i i have scored more than one so uh you know it, we, it was a sort of a personal thing uh Going back to the '60s, I'm sure a lot of us uh, in our vintage remember uh, scoring on those flimsy red nets that uh, you know your, uh, your your dad put together with the uh, with the mesh. Uh, for me, it was out in the laneway in Roseheath uh, Avenue. Where I remember the big kids let us play, and I I scored a goal uh, sometime around uh, in the late '60s. And I remembered uh, <laughs> as time went on, it would be neat to say like Gordy Howe did. That uh, you played in uh, whatever uh, you know he played in seven or eight decades, I guess. But uh, pretty neat for me. Thank you for bringing that up. And uh, well, what
3: I remember, uh, Lance. What I
7: remember is the Hall of Fame is going to come for that ball.
2: Well, well, I was just going to say, did it take your stick and gloves the other day? Was (laughs) Phil Pritchard standing there by the sideboards when you scored? If he did, he was making he was
7: not making himself known. So uh, that was that was interesting. But uh, yeah, actually,
2: I'm looking at the ball
7: uh, right now. It's got the tape and the signatures of my. my teammates on it, so that, that, that's pretty neat. I think we should all be uh, that fortunate to have, uh, to have good health and be able to play, uh, play as late uh, into your career as that.
3: I just want to say the one thing I remember about playing ball hockey was car. <laughs> yes, Car, true. car oh, God, and you're yeah. lifting those nets and moving to the side, and the car going by.
7: Oh, yeah, for sure,
3: for yeah.
2: sure. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, anyway, congratulations on that. That's, that, that's, uh, a wonderful achievement. You know, got me thinking about myself, too. And I, as a matter of fact, I'll try and pop one tonight in my, uh, beer league game <laughs> at, uh, up in oh, the yeah. market. say, so make it, that'll be seven uh, decades for me myself. So. Oh, yes.
7: Well, uh, I'll be no, catching thanks. up you're to you. Probably, you're probably closing in on
2: eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for that, Lance. That, really makes, no. me feel, that makes me feel Ann really Lance. good. That makes me feel really good. So, listen, before we get started, more on a little more serious note, um, the, the, the event that happened or the the the, 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 the it could have been a tragic event that happened the other night in Dallas with the Maple Leafs, and I'm referring to Ron mm-hmm. Davison. It, uh, in all years, and the Leafs forfeiting the game. I know people, or the listeners aren't aware, but he had a seizure before the game, and and what happened was the Leafs were so distraught and upset about what happened, they actually canceled the game and forfeited it, and then I actually lost the game one nothing. Uh, I, I mean, I remember a, a, an experience when the Leafs were announcing the 25 players of all time, and Art Jackson collapsed yes. on the bench and passed, and yet they delayed the game 45 minutes and played. But I, in all your years of covering hockey, have you ever seen anything? along those lines
7: well uh it's uh, the art jackson thing was uh, was quite memorable i i definitely remember the uh the lights coming on uh because all this was happening uh just as uh just as the anthems were starting and i think they played an american team if i'm not mistaken so there were two anthems and when the lights came up after you could see all the uh, maple leaf doctors uh, working on working on mr jackson and uh apparently we found out later he he was uh you know he had uh, died almost instantly and they were making some heroic uh efforts there that certainly did uh rattle the team at that stage uh I got a lot of emails obviously and the American hockey league took a lot of flack for uh what uh what happened with regards to the forfeit but uh they you know I spoke to the league office that night they were they were quite clear. There's a league rule there, 66.1, For so it's not oh, yeah. 100% <laughs> uh, <laughs> up to date with the AHL uh, rulebook. But uh, they did offer the Marlies uh, because they had a full team there uh, and uh, were capable of going in there. So they offered the Marlies two different start times. Uh, I think the game is supposed to start at 7, so they offered 7.30 and 8 o'clock to restart times to let the Marlies uh, you know, digest what had happened and, uh, and uh, you know get, get their act together. And they chose not to. They, the leadership group uh, didn't want to uh, go ahead. They told the coach. Uh, they phoned uh, Kyle Dubas, I guess, in Florida, where he's there with the Leafs. And he backed them 100%. And uh, thus, the forfeit happened. So, uh, you know, it, it's it, it's a very difficult uh, situation. But uh, Kyle, naturally, you know, he, he had the the authority, I guess, to tell his team to get out there. But uh, there's obviously, uh, you know, a, a great uh, a great feeling for Rob and a great feeling that, uh, they were too distraught to give, uh, to give their all. And, uh, that was, uh, that was the decision made. And, uh, the, as I say, AHL took some flack, but the, but Kyle and the team and the coaching staff felt that was the thing to do. And the other thing too, was that they were playing in Texas again, the very next day. So it yeah. wasn't, uh, you know, it, it wasn't going to be at that, uh, a big of a, uh, logistical problem to play again the next night. But, uh, but that's the decision they made. And, uh, for all the, the flack they took uh you know it's i'm sure it's going to be uh, forgotten in the long run but uh you know that's the leaves uh, sticking together and that's what they you know that's what a 21st century team does i guess uh, maybe uh, in the olden days they would have just uh, soldiered on
2: yeah and uh, and and we're happy to report that uh, Mr. Davison is actually in a little better health and he's been released from the hospital so that that that's a good thing yeah so um uh, now let's uh, let's talk about the parent team uh, the state of the club Obviously, the fortunes have changed in the last 22 games under the leadership of uh, Sheldon Keefe. What's um, what's been happening?
7: Well, you know what uh, it, you see. Certainly, uh, much more cohesion going on behind the scenes. You see, you know, uh, no one's come out and uh, and directly dumped all over Mike Babcock. But by the praise that they're uh, they're uh, giving to uh, to Sheldon and uh, his system, and of course, uh, the record speaks for itself. That it uh, it backs the uh, decision to. Uh, to make a change at this point I mean it's uh, I, I think the Leafs were too good not to play better as the as the year went on but there were too many uh you know too many heads banging together uh, Mike Babcock wasn't going to change his ways uh you know you weren't going to see Austin Matthews get more ice time you might not have seen other players move up uh you know uh in Babcock's offense he didn't have Zach Hyman who's been uh, you know who's allowed the Leafs to uh with his return to health, has allowed the Leafs to have three strong lines, uh, and you know the Frederick Anderson obviously uh, on fire uh, for a, a while, not recently naturally, but uh, played well during a nice ten uh, game stretch there to get the team back in playoffs. So I think what you've seen is a uh, is uh, justification for the uh, for the coaching change. You've seen a lot of Marlies come up and and make the most of them, and that's uh, you know that's another feather in Sheldon Keith's cap because he nurtured a lot of these guys. And you know, you know, I, I mean this change was coming. Uh, if the Leafs didn't win, uh, a playoff round this year, you knew this change was coming. It's just been accelerated and you've seen the, uh, the work he's done with some of these kids. They've contributed well and, uh, you have a happy and a healthy uh, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and, uh, you know, the script, uh, is unfolding as it should. Now, whether they can keep this up, uh, you know, you, you look at the standings today and, uh, you know, the Leafs have around 54 points. There's uh, seven or eight teams ahead of them and playing very well. And one of them is the, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, who, uh, despite Toronto's success, have surged straight past them. So a lot of work to go still for this uh, Leafs team.
3: Well, a question I have, uh, Lance, is um, we're now in January and the trade uh, deadline, hate using that term, but it's coming up within, what, six weeks?
7: Uh, February twenty fourth.
3: Yeah, it's yep. all five six weeks now. Um, keeping in mind, we're right up against the cap. Can you see the Leafs doing anything? I see them getting
7: uh, a, a little uh, creative. I guess the player everyone figures uh, is going to have to be sacrificed in all this is going to be Kasperi Kapanen. If they do something, he's got a he's got a tradable contract. Um, he's you know the potential to get a good return uh, for a defenseman or, or a backup goaltender. I. I think you'll see uh, some, uh, you know. I think you'll see his name uh, around uh, the Leafs, of course. Uh, you know, these these young guys have uh, have given them uh, not only helped the Leafs, but they showcase themselves. You know, there's a lot of people going to say, "Well, I didn't know Adam Brooks could do this, or Pierre Engvall could do that," and maybe uh, you know, maybe there's uh, some, maybe there's a match there for uh, teams to move in. And I think uh, Elliot Friedman last night on. Uh, on uh, on hockey night, mentioned uh, Brendan Dillon as a, a possible, uh, you know, a guy coming up uh, UFA, and you know, I'm sure there's a whole a whack of uh, players along those lines. And I, I think, as you see some other teams drop out in the next uh, few weeks, you'll see uh, other teams maybe more. Um, more, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for, more amenable to yeah. uh, talking with the Leafs who may have spoken, not wanted to deal with them in October, November.
2: Well, I think one of the things we've noticed out there, too, is that, that this t- hockey club has not played with a full lineup since uh, training camp. and Oh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a whole different look when everybody finally does come back. Hopefully they do. All will do come back. And my thought would be, and I guess my own personal preference would be, the, the guy that I would find expendable would be uh, Andres Johnson when he comes back. I mean, he's a 20-goal scorer, but I find him more of an opportunistic player than really a, a game-changer. And I think uh, Kapanen's a game-changer. And I, I would try to hang out on to him at all costs because he's there's games that he can dominate games himself, and I, and you just, you just mm-hmm. can't buy that, and you can't teach that. And that's something I think think unless they're really going to get a big return back I'd be really reluctant to give him up
7: well I don't know about that Mike simply because K- Kapanen is uh he you know he, he's just uh I don't call him a misfit but he's just the one player that just can't seem to find himself on, on a line uh anywhere and I don't disagree with uh Janssen. I just don't think Andreas Janssen when he comes back gives the team a uh you know uh is, is that much of a name player that uh, other teams will uh will pick up now I, I may be wrong, uh, but, uh, there's, and, and the other thing too, is when Johnson comes back and, and Moore comes back, there's a to you know, there's good, the competition at wing, maybe even more so that, uh, that and maybe can't find a spot and maybe, uh, you know, maybe Johnson elevates his game, uh, a little bit, uh, whatever. And, uh, maybe, uh, Maybe proves himself more, but you see a goal like, uh, Kapanen got a couple of games ago and you know, yeah. um, you know, he's, he's been, he, he's less maintenance than William Nylander is in terms of, uh, attitude and things like that. I would certainly hate to lose a guy. I'm just saying that if you're, uh, you know, if you, if, if there's a forward they can, they can, uh, let go because of contract status and one that's going to guarantee them a good return, I think that guy would be Kapanen. Uh, we'll have to see what shakes out.
2: Was um now please tell me this wasn't wasn't reality that the Leafs were actually after Justin Williams this week because that to me was just when I read it I was just hoping that that was social media saying those type of things because
7: uh, I, I I've not I've not uh, I've not heard of that uh, I think that uh, you know maybe that's a guy you had uh, in uh, rated the deadline you know like uh, you know you had that uh, that extra piece the Brian Boyle or or whatever but uh, I I can't see that guy ending his career anywhere else. But, That's, uh, I mean, that but was a Atlanta. big
2: sigh of relief because, yeah. you know, this 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 team has – I mean, one of the things I was going to talk about today was talk about the some of the good things that Kyle Dubas has done with this hockey club in preparation, and the preparation started in the summer, actually started last mm-hmm. year, and him signing those eight players to minimum professional contracts in the offseason have given the Maple Leafs an opportunity for the depth that they do have when they do run into injuries and they're running into slums that has created this competition at the Marlboro level and it's moved up to the big club. And that's why this team is in the position that you're in. I mean, as we talked, just touched on, the injuries they've had this year could have been devastating with the loss of Tavares and Marner and mm-hmm. Muzzin and so on, and mm-hmm. yet this team has been able to move forward. They're still not out of the clear, and they haven't been able to separate themselves from the pack just yet like Tampa looks like they're starting to do, and it looks like the hockey gods are preying down upon us again with Tampa looking like they're moving to that top spot, and guess who's slipping in the second place right in front of <laughs> us? So uh, here we go again, Lance.
7: Yeah, yeah. No, I was. it's funny. I saw i was coming home from uh, the last road trip and uh there's a JetBlue plane there and I guess JetBlue has some sponsorship with the Bruins because it was all decked out in uh in Boston colors and that, that was right after the least one they whatever, you know third or fourth in a row and it was just uh like you say it was kind of a it was kind of a vision but uh anyway at least we know all the good bars in Boston to go to if that happens.
2: Yes. Well and and uh, so what do you think um so do you think? Uh, when do you think the next start's going to come for Hutchinson? He's, he's got to get a little more work down the road, don't you think? He's earned that job now.
7: Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Um, you know, uh, just looking at the schedule now. I mean, they they have Jersey on uh, on Tuesday, so maybe maybe that's that's a good time. Maybe to put him in. You're going to have uh, the you know you're going to have a travel day for uh, for Anderson and uh, you know Calgary and uh, and Chicago, are two teams he'd like to play. I'm sure he's going to play one of the next three. Uh, and, uh, I would, uh, you know, it's not Jersey It's going to be, uh, maybe Chicago on the weekends. After that, you have the all-star game. I think you want to give him one more game yeah. before, uh, before the all-star break, uh, for sure.
2: Well, Lance, like, uh, I know you're a music guy and our friend Mick Jagger, while well, time is on his side. Time is not on our side, so we have to, unfortunately. <laughs> Very good, Mike. Break. Oh, thank you, Lance. Thank you, Lance. Uh, so segue. we gotta to have to take a little bit of a, a break here, and uh, you know we're gonna go to uh, a short, short break here. We're gonna be back with David Argyle uh, from the Toronto Wolfpack, Lance. As always, a pleasure speaking to you. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. Thanks, Lance. Thanks for having me
7: on, guys. I appreciate it.
5: It was a rainy day when Pizzaville declared. We'll never be the fastest. We'll never be the cheapest. We'll never be
4: the snazziest dressed. What? My point is, we want to be the best.
5: At PizzaVille, we want to make the best pizza. Stone-baked, the traditional Italian way.
1: PizzaVille Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian.
4: Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. To become a champion in
5: business, it takes coaching, training, and bench strength. And every team needs a skilled player like KPMG Enterprise for private companies. KPMG Enterprise helps entrepreneurs and family businesses grow, strengthen, and transition by offering a full suite of services including audit, accounting, tax, and advisory. Your business doesn't stand still. It evolves. Team up with a winner. Visit kpmg.ca slash enterprise. Let's do this.
1: The security business is easy, right? Anyone can learn it. Perhaps they can learn it on duty with your valuables at stake. Perhaps they can learn it in a crisis situation that requires an immediate intelligent response when lives are at risk. After all, what harm can a few mistakes make? Plenty. When it comes to security for your business or office, an experienced partner like Regal Security makes sense. Security is what they do. Peace of mind is what they provide. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn.
0: Are you real ready? If you're a real estate agent, we can help you sell more homes. A business owner, we'll help show it off to the community at large. And if you're a homeowner, we'll supply accurate floor plans for every room in your home because selling property is all in the details. Real Tours Media. Creators of 3D virtual tours, walkthrough video, HDR photography, logos, and brands. Check out the one-stop shop for successful real estate agents, RealToursMedia.ca.
6: There's an old saying: entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm, Rigabon Carly, understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly,
0: the intelligent choice. Opinions expressed on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour are those of Naz and Wally and their guests.
1: You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio. You're back. I'm Mike Wilson,
2: the ultimate least fan, your host this morning, joining me with uh, Donnie Pasco, of course, in the Liberty Village Studios. Uh, our next guest is an interesting uh, fella. The Uh, you know, Donnie, I know we spoke off, uh, camera or off, uh, off camera and air and what you'd never played rugby in high school, No, but you played lacrosse.
3: I played lacrosse.
2: I grew up in Scarborough and high school. Rugby was a big, big sport. And, you know, it's one of those sports that if, you know, if you wanted to play it, there were some leagues to play afterwards, but it's, it's always had this sort of underground following here in Canada, if I can to, to use just a word. And, uh, you know the emergence of the Toronto Wolfpack has taken the city a little bit by storm uh big following uh the team has had a lot of success uh they've just won again another championship and you know they are now the first transatlantic team to play in the English professional league the first team in North America uh they've made a big signing in the off season and joining us this morning here is one of the guys behind the drive or the driving force behind this and the guy who's responsible for a lot of this David Argo good morning David
8: Morning, Mike. Morning, Johnny. How
2: are you? Doing good here this morning. Doing well, thank you. So tell us, uh, I mean, you've got some exciting news here moving into the Super League, and and just maybe want to share with our listeners what the significance of that
8: really means. Firstly, I'd like to to thank you for saying that I'm a young fellow. You're you're in a a very uh, buoyant mood already. Well, compared
2: compared to me and Donnie, you are (laughs) young, Okay.
8: Well, it's really exciting uh, moving up to Super League. It's actually a European Super League. So we play in um, our away games in England and France. So it's the, the top-tier rugby in, in the Northern Hemisphere uh, at a club level. Um, so it's it uh, will really create a lot more, um, I think, eyeballs on the Wolfpack, uh, uh, not just in, in Canada, but around the world. And, and that ties back into what you were saying with our off-season signing with uh, Sonny Bill Williams, who's you know a true you know, Gretzky-esque uh, level of player, but in rugby.
2: Well, maybe get a little bit more of his background. He played for the All Blacks in New Zealand, which is the the, the team is the, you know, it's like the Toronto, it's one of the most iconic franchises in, in sports.
8: Uh, yes. Yeah, so so he is um, you know, a, a multi-talented athlete in, across a lot of disciplines. He's played rugby sevens uh, for New Zealand, rugby for the All Blacks, which is um, 15s. Uh, and also for the uh, 13 side, as well as being a professional boxer, so he's he's a very talented athlete, um, very focused. Uh, he's 34 this year, uh, but uh, listening to our coach Brian McDermott, he's saying you know, he looks like he's he's 24. He's in top shape, really going to make a difference for this club. He's not just uh, spending the last two years, you know, of his career here just to collect the paycheck. He actually has similar visions and, and goals as what we have, which is to put more rugby, rugby balls in kids' hands because then we believe the world will be a better place.
3: A question for you. I, I, I really don't know much about rugby, but um, on the team, the Wolfpack, it, being in Canada, do you have to have a certain amount of homes, like homegrown players on your team, or is it completely open?
8: Well, it's completely open. Uh, there, are, there are limits on the number of foreign players, okay. uh, so we have to have a, a, a certain number of English players uh then we're allowed the, the foreign players the the canadian players would, would add into that into that base quota uh that really it it limits us to i think five foreign players that we can sign which means outside of england uh france and uh canada
2: Now, now are there any canadian players uh, on your uh you know in on, on your radar that looking like a good step and play in this league
8: uh, there are a few um, um, guys who play for the Canadians uh, national team, which, uh, you know, at, at the 15s level, which we're very interested in. But, you know, it's, it, takes, it takes time to convert them over into the skill sets. So, so, just- so you know, it'll take, it'll take uh, you know, two, three, four years before I think we have any Canadian signings.
2: So just so people can get an idea how competitive this league really is, what, what are the steps for a player, like, for, for a player to actually get to this level? How many, like, what is the process? I know that, you know, as a player plays, as a hockey player, and we can all relate to this as Canadians, where you start off playing minor hockey and you play in the O, you may play college, then you got to play in the minor leagues, and then you maybe make the pros. What, what is, walk us through the, what, what ends up a player and end up with the Toronto Wolfpack.
8: Well, it's, it's similar to hockey in that um, if you're a, a kid that has the ambition and, and, uh, uh, and the drive, you, you'll get picked up by a club academy. So, you know, that's really a developmental squad. And you'll actually go to school and learn how to play rugby all at the same time. And, and then from there, once you – and that really starts at the age of 14 uh, to be picked up in an, into an academy. You could be in an academy for, for three, four years. Before you go pro. Before that, you have to really start picking a ball up, you know, when you're, you know, six or seven uh, years of age, picking up the skill sets all at club level. And typically people play in the club that that in the area that they live in.
2: So, okay, so for you guys now, now, I mean, what what are you going to do? Uh, with Sonny Bill Williams, is he going to be made available to the, the general public? Are you, or as far as, I guess, a way to put it is for the grassroots level to help grow this game in Canada. I mean, I assume you're going to use them that way. And do you foresee the Wolfpack taking a little more interest in the grassroots of growing this game in Canada?
8: Uh, absolutely. So, it, we, we have a good relationship with the rugby clubs in uh, Toronto. And this this year, we're going to step out into the broader Ontario market. So, I'm very interested with what um, the Rugby Club in Perth, uh, Ontario, is doing. That They've built a, a wonderful facility there, which is opening up, uh, which is really like a, a pocket of rugby excellence. Same in Barrie and the same at, in Niagara, uh, Ridley College. So those are our three big pushes um, outside of Toronto, uh, but within Ontario for this year, uh, as well as working with the local rugby clubs. Uh, and you know, we've got a tremendous amount of support there and, and they're all excited, of course, to have you know, someone of Sonny Bill Williams, um, you know, standard come and work with work with their juniors. Uh, it'll also be helpful for those clubs on fundraising. So just the mere fact that Sonny Bill is out there into their clubs, you know, they can use that as a way to to raise some more money for you know, the further development of rugby in in Ontario.
3: Well, with the advent of uh, the Toronto Raptors twenty five years ago, and the growth of basketball within Canada in those last twenty five years the recent success of the Wolfpack winning the championships the last several years. Have you seen just like morphing into it now with younger kids starting to get more and more involved in rugby at the grassroot level?
8: Well, I think, I think it's, it's, it's the aspiration and the outcome. So I think rugby is, is a great game, just like hockey. Um, I think it, it, it has a, a lot, there's a lot of similarities between the two games. You know, Rugby is, is, is hockey on grass and vice versa. You know, and so you know, that what it teaches people is, is teamwork, integrity, hard work, uh, loyalty. And so, what we see is is that you have to give kids an opportunity to play professionally, and I think this is the key to keep people in the game longer. Not everyone wants to play football or basketball. Uh, not everyone has the time and the money to, to to learn how to play hockey at a competitive level. Rugby is is really accessible and affordable. And it's a lot of fun. And you can play competitively. You can play mixed rugby. You can play touch. And you can play full contact rugby. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. But the most important is to create you know, that that halo effect. And and you saw what David Beck did when he went to the Galaxy. He helped to legitimize uh, MLS in North America. And I believe that Sonny Bill Williams signing, and we have some other, other great talent on our on our radar as well, um, will help to actually give people a, a, a feeling that, you know what? If I stick with this, there is a professional outcome for me, and uh, I think that's a key to actually keeping people in the game longer who want to play competitively. Now, if we start talking about the, um, the the progress of women's rugby in Canada, phenomenal. I think they're they're undersung, you know, heroes. You know what the women have done at the sevens and at the fifteen levels and the thirteen levels, just fantastic. You know the women's can, um, Canadian rugby squads. Really, really powerful, and, and they don't really get talked about it, you know, as much as I think they should.
2: Well, uh, David, one other thing here. Now, you know, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, but I know you probably have the answer for it because, you know, you guys have done a phenomenal job of promoting this team, bringing it over. And I'll be, you know, quite frank. When we first thought heard this a couple of years ago, when you guys were coming, and thinking. How in the heck are they ever going to get rugby? These guys going back across the ocean. And I mean, I guess I got two questions. One, how the players are responding to this. And number two, once the novelty of this wears off, and and we see it in all sports because, you know, I know you fight this yourself and you realize living in this city that that it's a hockey first town, Toronto Maple Leaf town first. And even the Raptors have had a little bit of a setback as far as, even though they're still very popular, but we've seen with the Rock, we've seen with TFC, the Argos are another story altogether, that these teams, they come in this euphoria. And then once it fades a little bit, the, the interest seems to wane somewhat. What Now, you can use that moving forward. I'm sure you've thought about it, but what are you going to do to keep it fresh and keep everybody very excited about this sport?
8: obviously winning, you know, this city loves yes, winners. Yes, of course. And so therefore, you know, we, we do have a, a winning coach. We have, we basically have the Belichick of coaches in Brian McDermott. You know, he has a tremendous win-loss ratio and, and collecting of titles. So, and you got to have the squad that's committed to backed up to do that. So I believe that we are going to be a winning squad, and I think we'll be a winning squad for, for many, many years. That that always creates eyeballs. What we, what, what we are trying to do is, we're trying to um you know we look at ourselves as as a way to also bridge into other sports other activities and and other uh groups who really enjoy you know coming together. I think our game day experience you know is is one of the best if not the best in Toronto. and well, walk us,
2: walk us through that what what happens on game day if you go to if i uh, you got to, if ten you're speaking to an audience who has been to a game and they want to go to a game what like what do they experience when they walk into the park
8: well of course you know. Uh, Lamport's in Liberty Village, yep. so it's it's great sort of just the, the, the build up getting to the game. There are pubs and restaurants there. So you sort of have you get sort of the the, the, the pre game experience. And what we do is on the east side of Lamport, we always have activations outside. And we like to make it community based and, and it's a lot of fun. So the little things for, for people to do. And you can already you know, we've got obviously some some very, you know, vocal and very passionate fan groups that sort of you know march from you know downtown Uh, liberty village to Lamport, but when they get in the stadium it's a very rough and ready stadium when i first saw it i thought oh my goodness we're gonna have to you know really change the stadium but the stadium like roughness actually matches the gladiatorial nature of the game and and so what we have is a beer garden at the north end and it's craft beer and it's really important for us that we also support local businesses so we have you know uh, eight craft beers, and we rotate the craft brewers at, um, through the beer garden through the season. And that opens up you know, two hours before the game. And most importantly, it stays open two hours afterwards. And then what happens after the game, of course, we put a DJ, live music in there, and we'll have 2,000 people there for a couple hours afterwards. And so people actually feel that community. Now, the reason why it actually is kind of unique is that we don't have any uh, pre-assigned seats at Lamport. It's just concrete bleachers. Now, what happens is people can sit anywhere. And because people can sit anywhere, what happens is, is you start speaking to the person in front of you, the person behind you. And over the last three seasons, we've seen these little pods of, of new friends because they all sit in the same place time in, time out. And when they bring new friends, there's always room for them. Unlike when you have assigned seating, <laughs> you have to you know, like work out how do you get a seat next to uh, you know, where you already are. Now, the halftime show... Is fantastic. We love quirky. I took the inspiration from the halftime show, and our team has done an excellent job in um, in executing on it. From the rock, I don't like overproduced halftime shows. So we have community groups out there. We do races. We invite people, you know, in the stadium onto the onto the uh, onto the pitch. It is a lot, a lot of fun, and so you know, I really enjoy, enjoy that. And so, you know, what we what we have is we create this sort of community out there now our game day attendance uh in seasons uh 2 and 3 were larger than the numbers that go through the the gate you know for the Argos you know, for a season so we've already generated this this really strong ecosystem of of passionate supporters and fans who who actually love it now at the end of the game players from both sides walk around and meet the fans so there's complete access and, you know, the players then go into the beer garden after the game. They have a few drinks with each other, which is, you know, part of the rugby culture. But they meet the fans, and they and they love it, and on both sides. It's a great way for engagement. So it's, it's this, you know, complete family feeling. And you have the same in hockey. You know, the hockey fans, you know, it's hard for the hockey fans to actually get access to the professional players. In our case, we give them that access, and the, and the players love it.
2: That's fantastic. I mean, that's. I mean, that does sound like quite an experience. And now, and of course, tickets just go to the website to to for anybody listening who wants to go to a game, and but they can buy tickets online or.
8: Great. We, we have season ticket passes, and and uh, you know we have multi game you know passes, and as well as individual passes. Now we were really lucky. For our not lucky, it was it was a great build up for our last game on 2019 season. We got twelve thousand four hundred people into that stadium. It was. So much fun. And of course, winning was better, but it was just so much fun. Winning's they always good. Stayed around forever. It was a lot, a lot of fun.
2: Well, I'm looking at the stadium right now, right <laughs> next to us, through the window here of the studio. So uh, I'm going to plan on going to a game this year. So I'm going to come down and have a look at you guys and as take I you up will, on this hospitality. Well. I think it's uh, a wonderful experience. Uh, we wish you continued success, David. Um, we'd love to have you back again and keep, uh, give us updates on how, this, uh, how the club's going throughout the season. I believe you've got an exhibition game coming up in the next couple of weeks, and then the season gets underway in April.
8: Well, our first game is on, in, we have an exhibition match on the 19th of of nineteenth uh, of January um, in, in the UK. But our first game is actually the 2nd of February at the famous um, Headingley Ground in Leeds. Uh, and w- that'll be sold out, so there will be 17,000. So we, we, we play our first home match here in mid-April.
2: In April, that's so fantastic.
8: because of the weather, we, we, we front-load the season with our away our games in the UK. And then we get a a better stretch of home games in the middle and the end of the season uh, in Toronto.
2: Well, that's fantastic. Well, thank you very much for joining us this morning, David. And again, as we said before, we wish you continued success, and we're going to talk to you shortly.
8: Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Johnny. And thanks, listeners.
2: Thank you very much, David. Well, that sounds uh, pretty... That sounds pretty good. I mean, that, that's that's the way to go to a game. I mean, as soon as you got you have well, sports and beer. An event,
3: there's no question. Sports and beer, <coughs> they, it's can't an go experience, wrong. absolutely. Speaking of that.
2: Well, speaking <laughs> of which, and uh, you come from that field yourself. But, yeah. Well, it's like I, I tease curlers all the time because a lot of my friends curl, and I tell them, you know, the thing is, if you there's how many curlers in Ontario? If there's five hundred thousand, maybe. Yeah. And if you took drinking at a curling, there'd be what fifty? Not yeah. even that. Yeah, I think that – well, that, well, the people have to work at the rinks. they got to yeah. be there. So that's what I think I might heave. So anyway, we've got um uh, a few minutes left here. Anything you'd like to discuss on the up and from, But Who you like today in the football games? Uh,
3: wow. Well, I like KC and I like
2: Seattle. Yes. KC like. and Seattle. Well, yeah. then KC got a wake-up call last night with what happened to Baltimore. Yeah. So they're going to come out a blazing, I would say, today because they're probably now the favorite from this side, yeah. the AFC side, to go through. And, of course, tonight our all Maple Leafs are going at it again.
3: What do you think? Well, it's going to be tough, no question. But I like our chances. I, I predict the lead victory tonight. I'm going to say four okay, two. That's you're what gonna... I'm saying.
2: Well, four two. That's always that. That's that. That's the common score. Three two with an empty net goal to make it four two. So well, there's your.
3: Well, I have to ask you, how's everything with you, and how's your book coming along?
2: Well, actually, thanks for asking that. the The book is coming along great. It's in with the publisher. Uh, For those listening who aren't aware, I followed all 89 games of the Maple Leafs last year and actually went to the opener this year, so made it 90 in a row. And I documented along the way what I did was I kept track of uh, all, all the games, but I also kept track was more about experiencing the fans and the fans of why this hockey club, the Toronto Maple Leafs, have this passionate following on a worldwide basis. I mean, it's an iconic franchise. And everywhere I went, there was Maple Leaf fans and people were coming out of everywhere to come and meet me and share their experiences with me. I had people laughing, telling me stories. They were crying, telling me stories. They were doing both. I experienced five year olds going to their first games, 50 year olds going to their first games, I met a couple of women from Australia who became hockey fans just watching australian hockey and end up picking it up at a higher level and coming to toronto to see the leafs play i found english people that that followed the game and wanted to come to toronto and follow a game and followed me online so the book is is due to be out in the next couple of months uh we do have uh, we've been doing some exciting things online i do have a new page now called the ultimate leafs fan i'll be writing a bi-monthly report on different variations of uh, hockey, what's happening with the Maple Leafs or what's happening in hockey or just generalized comments. Uh, you follow us on Instagram, under the Ultimate Leafs fan. I, I try to put out tweets every day uh, pertaining to historical facts going with the Maple Leafs. But the book, I'm very excited. I'm doing it. It's, a, it's my second book. A long way for a kid from Scarborough to uh, be writing two books. But I got some great help with uh, the likes of Lance Hornby and, and your cousin helped me a lot on the oh, first Paul. one. and his, I'm picking his brain on this one also. But I'm really excited about this book to share it with uh, the fan base and people i hope will take this as kind of a template to do the same thing that i did because believe me folks anybody can do this Uh, i I had numerous kids come up to me throughout the year and ask me how can you afford to do this and i'd look at these guys and i'd say to them you know well like i'm 64 years old you're holy you're in your 20s so for the next 40 years save a thousand dollars a year that's a (laughs) hundred bucks a month yeah and then you can do it. But you would meet people that, were, that would go to certain arenas. They wanted to go. Uh, the, a real popular venture would be to go to every arena the Maple Leafs played in and see the Leafs play in that rink. And I met hundreds of people who did that. But you'd see people traveling in groups and packs. They'd make a six and a half hour drive from Thunder Bay to Minnesota without even blinking an eye. And I was in Winnipeg last week. Uh, A buddy of mine, Grant Capico, who I have known for years, invited me to the game, picked me up at the airport, took me to the Leaf game. The Leafs beat them and he still paid for the beer. (laughs) He paid for dinner uh, and he drove into the airport next morning. I thought he was going to maybe wake me up late and make me miss my fight after the Leafs stole that one last week. But I can tell you this, it was just so exciting going to the game and the people out West meeting them. Uh, again, they were the, the passion of stutter. I met these two guys that were from Regina. They were in their 40s. It was the first game they'd ever been to. And I spoke to these guys last week in Winnipeg. I met another family from Thunder Bay that not only went from Thunder Bay to Minnesota, but then made the seven hour drive to Winnipeg to catch that game a couple nights later because they played Minnesota on the Tuesday night and Winnipeg on the Thursday. So, I mean, it's just phenomenal what you see people I like as far as it goes. And you can tell I get pretty excited about it. So, I love it. It's, it's all in the book. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, when it comes out, I'll be out speaking. I'm, I'm out in the speaking uh, tour, hopefully, to talk about it. And, you know, hopefully well, it goes forward well.
3: to, uh, I got your first book, so I'm going to get your second one.
2: Yes, and of course now, and, and just as a, a further wrap, uh, I think that um, anything big things planned coming up at uh, Scotiabank, uh, Baycrest, do you want to give a oh, shout Baycrest out to that? Baycrest
3: is coming up in May, and Hockey Helps the Homeless in April. And uh, I just want to say one thing. I know we're right at the end, but uh, I was in the corporate world for many years, and I've been uh, in the service industry for 17 years now. And But I was a graduate of Ryerson, RTA, 76. Thank you, Michael. It took me 44 years, but I made it finally.
2: Well, you're here. You're on the air. You're a star. 44 years, that's I, I think all the took. phone's ringing over. I think, <laughs> I think that's, I think it's, does that say TSN and Sportsnet yeah, yeah, No, it is. I'll have to answer that one say for you. Say me. <laughs> I will. Okay, thanks for joining us, folks. Thank we'll you. talk to you again. Thanks,
0: guys. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.